0: Welcome back to It's Okay to Love Yourself. My name is Catherine. It is Monday and it has been pretty stormy here in Boston this afternoon. The wind has been howling. It is a full moon eclipse. So, yeah, I don't know if you have been feeling the energy, but it has been for me. Definitely, kind of all over the place. I feel like I've been on been on an emotional roller coaster all day today, um, but I'm hanging in. And I wanted to talk with you all today about two different themes that have come up in the last week. The first one is on self forgiveness, and the second one is being a perfectionist. (laughs) And to start with self-forgiveness, last week in my group coaching program, that was the theme of last week's call, was self-forgiveness and self-trust. And as it turns out, those are two pretty meaty topics, and we didn't even get into Self Trust too much on the call, we spent a lot of time talking about self forgiveness and digging into why it can feel hard to to forgive yourself and these standards that we hold ourselves to and that we impose on ourselves and our minds and the one major takeaway that i had come into my mind later on in the week after the call was that forgiving ourselves demands that we be vulnerable and i wanted to talk about that here today because i think that forgiving ourselves practicing self-forgiveness it requires us to slow down be super honest and vulnerable with ourselves in order to get to that point where we can say, I forgive myself for doing X, Y, or Z or not doing X, Y, or Z and trying to move to this place of acceptance and really trying to root down into that feeling of no matter what I do, no matter how productive I am, no matter what I look like, I am good enough, I am worthy, and because of that, you can give yourself the freedom, you can forgive yourself, you can let all of those standards go and, and help yourself realize that it's not the end of the world. And you, even if you made a mistake, even if your project failed, even if you did not do as well on something as you hoped you would do, you are still good enough. And that doesn't change anything about you. All of that is is additional information that you can use to learn and grow and use that information to help you do better the next time. In, in so many of my prior jobs, we, we talked a lot about feedback, especially as managers and leaders. And we talked a lot about, you know, having a growth mindset versus having a fixed mindset. And I honestly think it's really tricky to self-identify if you have a growth or a fixed mindset, because I don't think it's really a black and white um, dichotomy. I think that there are parts of your life where it's, it may be easier for you to truly have that growth mindset where you're less attached to, you know, achieving something and just being good or the best at something. And you are truly passionate and giving yourself and approaching whatever this is with in such a way and with a mindset that allows you to be open and allows you to understand and know deep down that you're going to make mistakes there's going to be bumps in the road and at the end of the day that's okay you're you're just going to use that again to make progress and you will grow in your life and this part of your life all of the time, right? It's all going to add up and be cumulative. Um, But I think that there are parts of our lives where even if we want to approach it with a growth mindset, it's not always that simple. It's not simple because we, as human beings (laughs) in our current society, place so much value and importance on external factors. We care a lot about how we look to others, what we do with our lives, how that looks to other people. We care about that stuff. It's impossible not to care about that. So I care about that stuff and I have still, I still try every day to unlearn and to, and to help remind myself that it's not everything, but it, it, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie that it, it doesn't sometimes matter to me. And when we start to place that importance and that worth and that value on things outside of ourself, that's where I believe it becomes a lot harder to think about not living up to what we want something to turn out. Like or what we want something to mean for us or what we are going to mean being associated with that external thing. So for example, I have been working on my business now for months (laughs) and in the scheme of things, it really has not been that long. But as someone who used to feel very... Secure and solid in their career and not having to expend so much mental energy on figuring things out and knowing what the next three, six, nine, twelve months of my life were going to look like from a career standpoint, um, knowing how much money was going to be coming in the door every other week, knowing a hypothetical career path and knowing what I could potentially work towards. Um, that gave me a lot of comfort and a lot of security. And over the years, it, it was something I didn't have to really think twice about. It was something I, I knew I had going for me Other people knew that I had it going for me. And the last six months especially have been really such an adjustment of trying to learn (laughs) how to show up building a new business, being self-employed, becoming an entrepreneur with this growth mindset and not falling Pray to these standards that subconsciously I can't help but carry over from my last job. And it has taken me, I think this is something I'm going to be working on for a long time, to be quite honest with you, because it is really hard when you have gotten to a certain point in your life and starting over from there you know if you've ever left a job and started something started somewhere brand new you know those first few months you may not feel it right away because there's a lot of excitement but there's always that moment when you are frustrated because you are the one who's asking people for help all the time you are the one who has so many questions and you don't know how everything works and you have left a place that You were the expert. You did know so many things. People came to you for help and advice. And starting over has always been really humbling and refreshing. But there's also this part of it that we don't talk about very often, which is the part that's really scary. And I think that when we are able to be vulnerable with ourselves, That is what allows us to acknowledge the scariness, and it also allows us to give ourselves the permission to have it be messy and have it be bumpy, and not know where the hell we're going. And at the end of the day, when things go wrong, because they will, because it's life, and nothing ever is perfect, ever, nothing is ever the way that we think it will be, right i think that if there's it's it's really rare that it ever turns out that way but unless we can really honestly look at these situations whatever situation you're in right now with me with my business if i am not able to sit down and be honest with myself about the things i'm working on and not just what i'm working on and what my ideas are and how what i'm working towards but how I'm feeling about it and that I'm scared and that I feel scared sometimes, but that's okay. And outside of being scared though, I do feel I'm doing the right thing for me and I believe in what I'm doing and what lessons I've learned and that other leaders and people need to hear these things But what's scary to me is that I don't know exactly how or what will happen or, (laughs) um, you know, what life is going to look like, where I'm going to be next year. There's just a lot of, like, open-endedness right now to life. And um, I think that unless we give ourselves that permission to be vulnerable, We'll never get to the place where we can actually, like, learn to let things go and forgive. And I think that forgiveness is so powerful because without forgiveness, we just teeter and totter between wanting to achieve something, wanting to go after something, wanting to make a change in our lives, and then... And then bumping up into the into the roadblock. And rather than turning to ourselves with compassion and saying, You know, Catherine, you're really trying. You're trying really hard. You're still so new at this. It's okay that you fell off the horse. Like you don't know everything, and you're not supposed to. What happens is we turn to ourselves with this critical voice and we start to get down on ourselves, and we start to expect unrealistic things from ourselves, and we start to hold ourselves to those unrealistic standards, and that just becomes our way of life. And the danger in that as well is that when we hold ourselves to these unrealistic standards, there's two things I think that happen. One is that where are those standards actually coming from? I would argue that very often when we have these high unrealistic standards, they're not actually what we want. They're what we think will look good to other people. So when we continue to, to create these standards for ourselves and to think about where we're going next, we're constantly operating from this place of What's going to look good? What's going to make me look good? What's going to make me worthy? Versus I am already worthy. I'm already enough. What do I truly want to do? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to work with? What do I want my days to look like? We don't ask ourselves those questions often enough because we are rewarded and recognized when we when we buy in to what our society values. It's it's the way that it's set up, which is why it's designed to have you question yourself. It's designed to have you never feel like you're enough. And it's designed to make you want to chase that worth outside of yourself. But that's actually not true. And that's really not how things have to be if we decide we don't want it to be like that anymore. The second part of why I think setting these bars for ourselves is harmful is because when we inevitably set the bar for ourselves, two things will either happen, we'll get there or we won't. And if we don't, we go down the same spiral and the same cycle of negative self-talk and this almost self-fulfilling prophecy of see this was I knew this was too good for us we couldn't do this we have to try harder we have to prove ourselves more we have to do X, Y, Z to get to this place and then finally people will know I'm enough and finally people will recognize me for all that I'm doing and On the flip side, if we do actually make it to that level or that promotion or starting that business or the podcast or losing the weight or, you know, whatever it is we set out to do, when we get there, we don't actually feel satisfied. And once the initial joy and celebration we realize we're not going to be celebrated and recognized for this by others forever. This feeling is going to go away, and therefore the bark always has to keep moving up and up and up and up and up, and we constantly are chasing after something that again, to my first point, was it ever really ours to begin with. Did it ever feel like you? Did you really want those things? Or did you just want that love and acceptance and recognition and feeling proud and accomplished of yourself? I can look back at so many places in my life where I thought that being goal oriented and you know this is i'm talking both about in my career and in my personal life like having these goals for myself and wanting to work towards them and breaking them down into small steps and timelines and all these things um i thought that i was doing all the right things and that that would make me happy and eventually it just got to that place where I, after hitting goals and also after being exhausted by how how, exhausting it was to live in my own head and in my body. I was never happy. I was never satisfied. I could never rest. There was always more for me to do. I was mean to myself, I was so mean to myself, and I never let myself have any credit even when I deserved it. I could not, I would talk to my friends, my family, my coworkers, people at work. I would be so kind and, and forgiving and thoughtful when it came to other people but I could never turn to myself and and actually give myself that same compassion and love that I gave to other people. And I think that vulnerability was really the missing link there. I wasn't willing to, to be honest with myself about how I was feeling and about how it felt to constantly feel like I was never enough, It was just something that I had normalized to the point where it was all that I knew. And when I started to pick my head up and see that there were other people living differently and that maybe I could get there one day. Um, And when you start to see people living authentically, living their truth and being who they are, is there not something infectious and and just something about that that you want and that you admire? I used to have a friend who I remember I just I remember this compliment coming out of my mouth telling this person like you're so unapologetically yourself. And It was just their whole entire energy and vibe and being where it was like, it was effortless for them. And as someone who felt like they had to adapt and perform and conform for my literal entire (laughs) life, almost, that was just so refreshing and powerful to see. And it was something that I wanted. I wanted to feel like that. I wanted other people to recognize that within me. But the first step to doing that is recognizing those pieces of yourself. And it's taking the time to slow down and to check in with yourself and to really understand what's going on. And be honest and not just be focused on the external and not just be focused around what step of the process you're on. It's about so much more than that. And your inner world and your inner experience as you go through your life should be valued. And you should know that it's okay to take the time to invest in it. And take the time to sit with it and be by yourself and learn about yourself. And so I just think that there's something so powerful about this concept of forgiving ourselves and being radically honest about the things we've done wrong, how we feel, how we talk to ourselves. And I think there's a lot that can be uncovered if you think about what feels easy to forgive and what doesn't. And the things that don't feel easy to forgive, why? What is it about those things? Why do those things make you feel like you can't make a mistake? And is that a message you're actually getting from the outside world? Or is that just what you're telling yourself? Because if that's something you're hearing externally, you know, there's, there might be something there. I'm not, I, again, I'm not, there could be something. There could be a situation. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a situation where something is so critical that you cannot, there, there's no room for error. But in, in so many ways, I think these self-imposed standards, those are things that we can change over time. We can unlearn that. We can learn how to be more compassionate with ourselves and we can forgive ourselves for making ourselves feel like we have to do more and that we're not enough as we are. That's something we can change and we can work towards that. We can build habits and just create a deeper awareness around when we're doing that to ourselves. This is a lot of the time so unconscious and I guarantee the people around you, if you do it, the people around you probably do it too. And so it, it, takes, it takes time to wake up to this and to, again, learn how to fill that negative talk and the beratement and that nervousness and feeling like you're never going to be good enough with something else, with something nicer and kinder to yourself it's a whole overhaul, but you can, you can do it. You can make those small changes, and over time, it can, you know, it can change and it can transform. And that is something that I think is that active practice of self-love. It is actively knowing that the relationship you have with yourself is important. It's valuable. It's something that, should, that you should spend time on and and when we do that that's where i think things can really change and open up for us the other theme that really came up for me this weekend was this idea of being a perfectionist and i posted something on linkedin saying being a perfectionist is more often about avoiding feeling not good enough than it is about the pursuit of actual perfection. And really that came to me over the weekend as I was thinking about wanting to be good and wanting things to be perfect and... I think that is that those high standards. I think there's something that's a perfectionist quality about that. We we want to be in control and we want to hold on as long as we can and feel like we have literally done everything we can. We've double triple checked everything, and that when we finally finish something or hit send on that email on the text message that we can feel assured that it will be received positively and that there were no mistakes and that ultimately the image that the other person has of you your reputation is going to be high it's going to be highly regarded right we want to feel accepted and recognized and i think so much of perfectionism And being when you say you're a perfectionist, it's like you want to do you want to hold on to that control and you feel like you get your sense of worth and you get your sense of um, self-esteem from other people telling you you're good. And if that is how you're constantly feeling good about yourself, there's no question why we want to hold on to a project or to an email or to whatever we're doing, just a little bit longer to make sure that we're going to get that response that we want. And there's something in that that is just so profound to me because I definitely have felt like a perfectionist at many times in my life. And I do think being a perfectionist is in many cases rewarded and encouraged right we want but i think there's a fine line between being conscientious and detail-oriented versus being a perfectionist you can pay attention to the details you can be very thoughtful and very planned and organized without being a perfectionist and i think the difference is that the time that we spend on making something or completing an assignment or Crafting an email or a message. We can take our time. We can be thoughtful. We can check it. But there's that line where we go into these perfectionist tendencies when our anxiety and our fear starts to crop up in our mind. And we start to think about every worst case scenario that could go wrong. And we start to train ourselves to worry that we made a typo or that someone might misinterpret the tone of, of this sentence. And it's at that point when we start to create problems that don't exist. That's where I think that we really go into that mode of being, being so overly concerned, not about getting it right, but about how someone might react to us and about how, what someone might think or feel, what feedback we're going to get in reaction to ourselves. And to me, I don't think that there's a better solution for being a perfectionist than recognizing that no matter what your email looks like, no matter what you say, no matter any mistake in your project or your report or anything, that you and your worth is inside of you, and it is not able to be diminished by one thing that you do, or even many things that you do. If you know, and if you can stand in your own body and your skin and say, I know that I'm already worthy, I'm enough, I'm trying the best I can, I know that I've done the best I can given all that I know and no matter how this person reacts to me, doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy or deserving of anything in my life. I'm worthy just for being myself and just for doing what I'm doing. Just for being who I am and being alive. Imagine if we all got up every day thinking that how much better could we communicate and rid ourselves of this pressure and this these unachievable standards or grind and work ourselves to the to the bone trying to achieve something to feel good about ourselves? And maybe what I'm saying does not resonate to you because you have a much better sense of work-life balance and and you know separating your worth from these things already. And if that's you, I applaud you, that is amazing. But I really think that the more you really dig into the more you dig into how our world is set up and designed. It's literally designed for us to feel as though we need to constantly participate, constantly work, constantly be doing something, showing what we're doing to be worthy of anything. We have to work towards having the body, the hair, the relationship, the job. Those all require work and buying into the system that tells us that we need to work. And so I think that these concepts of perfectionism and self-forgiveness and really unpacking both of them can help you learn how to take those first few steps for you. Do you feel, have you said that you're a perfectionist? Do you relate to being a perfectionist? How does that show up in your life? What do you spend time on when you are being a perfectionist? What, could, what else could you be doing with that time? And on the other hand, how often are you really sitting with yourself and Acknowledging all that you've done, how far you've come, and forgiving yourself for what you haven't yet achieved, or you haven't learned, or you haven't become comfortable yet. How can you be more compassionate, loving, and forgiving towards yourself? What's one small thing that you can do this week? I remember when I started therapy last year in December with my new... She's not my new therapist anymore because it's almost been a year of seeing her. But when I started therapy again, I took a break um, in 2019 for a while because I was traveling and everything. And... I remember when I first started seeing my current therapist, um, she would have me breathe and meditate in therapy at the beginning of every session. And I used to go on Friday afternoons at 2 o'clock. And I would often walk into her office extremely stressed out, um, all wrapped up in my work energy and and everything going on at work that i just came from stressed about getting across town (laughs) for my appointment and not being late and i just remember having me take a few breaths at the beginning of every session and eventually every week it became something that i looked forward to and that i noticed i started to really see how different it made me feel to just take five minutes less sometimes maybe two or three minutes it felt like a long time but I don't think it was but when I started to notice like wow I feel calmer and I I feel better and I want to do this more and I started to want to meditate every day for 15 minutes and I would I would you know, get up in the morning, and I would do it for a few days in a row, and then eventually, you know, I would fall off the wagon, and I would show up at therapy and say, I'm working on my morning routine, and I'm really frustrated that I can't get in the hang of this, and I'm trying to meditate for 10-15 minutes every day, and it just feels impossible, and I'm, I'm not doing enough, and blah, 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 and I just remember there was That one day she said something to me that has just stuck with me since. And she said, just start with one deep breath. And in that moment, it really helped me to see that I was pushing myself to live up to this standard. That maybe was unrealistic for me at the time. I had not been a regular, you know, long meditator in quite some time. And so trying to start off by doing 15 minutes every day was hard. It was hard for me. And and again, I think I was picking that because it had to do with my meditation app versus what I actually wanted and like what I was trying to get out of it. And I totally lost sight of all of that. I just started to I just started to think about, I need to make this routine, I need to be perfect, it needs to look a certain way, it has to be this many minutes, or else it's not gonna be enough. And having her just reflect back to me in that kind way that just start with one breath. You can take it slow with, with all of these things. And and that's one thing I firmly believe is that even when you do learn and integrate so many things about <laughs> practicing self-care and self-love and knowing you're worthy, it takes active dedication and there's no rush. There's no specific timeline. There's no quick fix. And so if anything wherever you are starting from, wherever you are in your own journey listening to this, it's exactly where you should be in this moment right now. And even the smallest thing, one deep breath every day to start to come back to your breath and to yourself, that's enough. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode if you can hear the wind howling I apologize for the background noise it's there was construction earlier today and I just really wanted to to get this out so thank you as always for your support and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will be back soon with more